all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. What is Chalkboard Chat? It's an MPB education podcast. It's a variety show providing information and resources for teachers, students, parents, guardians, and everyday people on various topics. It's learning something new with every publication. Chalkboard Chat. Find the podcast or listen from chalkboardchat.mpbonline.org. From MPB Think Radio, this is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens, where we discuss issues involving your children as they're growing up. I'm Dr. Morgan McLeod, Assistant Professor of Pediatrics and Internal Medicine at UMMC. Oral health is important in all ages, but especially in our kids and teens. Hopefully, the healthy habits they develop as kids will carry into adulthood. And today, we're going to be talking about oral health and all things teeth. As always, we would love to hear from you. You can always send us an email to kids at mpbonline.org. I've got my dad on with me who is actually a retired dentist, just recently retired. So he's not actually practicing anymore, but man, he practiced for 30 years or 33 years. He can answer any questions that you may have about your oral health and teeth. Um, And we're going to talk about why it's so important to go on and start brushing your children's teeth and creating healthy habits when they're young, because that's what's going to carry on into adulthood. Because honestly, adults are the worst patients when it comes to going to the dentist. Um, I love my dad, but I hate the dentist. <laughs> I always hated going to the dentist. If I had a nickel for every time I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So, uh, yeah, we hate going to the dentist as adults. But if we start those habits early when they're young kids, hopefully that can carry it on into adulthood because they'll know the importance of their oral health. So if you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. So good morning. Thanks for coming on with us. Well, good morning. I really appreciate you having me on. I don't uh, profess to be the most knowledgeable for every every item that we have, but... um, you know, I will do my best. In 33 years, I have encountered an awful lot. So we have a caller already. So we will go to Walker. Good morning, Walker. Uh, I have three children, 5, 8, and 13, so their teeth are at different stages of development. And they've taken to preferring to brush with uh, an antiseptic mouthwash, Coolman. I won't mention the brand. Because it kills uh, 99% of germs that cause bad breath, plaque, and gingivitis. And I'm wondering if that's an okay substitute for toothpaste. Oh, well, I was wondering when you said they brush with it if they were leaving the toothpaste out. Um, actually, it, it really doesn't matter whether there's toothpaste involved. The toothpaste has fluoride in it, and that's beneficial for a topical application each time. But it, it's negligible how how much uh, the fluoride is it's absorbed when there's brushing going on. But you bring up a great, great point there because we always tell uh, parents 
when they were wondering about uh, toothpaste, what toothpaste should they get? Most every toothpaste on the market has 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 fluoride in it, and it's proved by the American Dental Association. So that's not a problem. Um, the mechanical action of the bristles on the on the tooth touching the tooth and wiping the tooth with a toothbrush uh, is the effective means of removing plaque from the tooth. Um, The mouthwash that you talked about, and there's tried and true ones out there for Listerine and ones that have been around forever that do have a, a, a beneficial aspect to them as far as cleaning. So if they're dipping their uh, toothbrush into the mouthwash uh, and and brushing with that, they are cleaning the tooth with the mechanical action of the to- uh, bristles on the on the tooth, which is great. And they're getting a benefit from the for the gum tissues as well through this. Um, um, rinse that they're using i mean that is great uh but i might recommend uh go ahead and use a little bit of toothpaste and brush that first and then secondly most people just simply rinse with with the uh with the rinses that that are out there and but if you want to brush a second time with the rinse uh it would be really really good and don't forget uh, flossing is probably one of the most important things that we can do. Our, hygien- our hygienists that clean the teeth always say, "Only floss the teeth that you want to to keep," and that's uh, that's very. <laughs> it's funny, but uh, it is so true because the majority of cavities that we find in teeth are in between the teeth, where the teeth touch one another, and the toothbrush does not. Uh, have access to and the floss will will clean that out and i think we we wanted to talk about the cavity process and um and this might be a good time to address that because yeah thanks walker for your call though we appreciate it real real quick uh uh, they actually use a sippy cup and put enough of of the fluid in their mouth to brush with and I, i think maybe i'll just have them use toothpaste on sunday and use this method the rest of the week. That that'll be fine. That'll be fine. Like I say, the the majority of the uh, work is done by the toothbrush on the tooth. Uh, you, when um, parents come in and say that they having a problem with the 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 child and finding a toothpaste that they can like, and we tell them, look, that's not important. You know, get one that you like if if it makes them happy. But just getting the bristles on the tooth and disturbing the plaque that accumulates uh, on the enamel is the, the key to brushing teeth. And you're doing a great job with that, it sounds like. Well, flossing uh, and uh, uh, toothpaste on, with fluoride on Sunday, and we'll go with that program. That is perfect. Yeah, well, thank you, Walker. We appreciate it. Um, If you're out there and you have any questions about teeth or oral health, we would love to hear from you. So, yeah, Walker brought up um, a good topic because this is one of the things that um, I wanted to make sure we talked about is getting started brushing your teeth as early as you can. Um, As soon as they start having teeth, you really need to start at least wiping them down. Um, Absolutely. The minute the tooth erupts into the oral cavity, it is susceptible to decay, especially in infants who are taking bottles mm -hmm. and uh, developing a film that uh, accumulates on the the enamel. 
So explain to us what happens because the baby's not eating. Majority of babies aren't eating a ton of food at this point when they start getting teeth around six months, seven months. Um, and they're really just drinking formula or breast milk. So how are they going to potentially have decay in cavities on those tiny little teeth? Well, actually, decay is a, a byproduct of, as I mentioned earlier, the plaque, which is the film that uh, adheres to the tooth. And it's very sticky, and it, and it stays on the tooth unless it is mechanically removed with a toothbrush or with a uh, washcloth or whatever manner that you're uh, able to use with the child. But once the plaque is on the tooth, the sugars that are introduced into the diet that come into the mouth, whether they be in a formula... Uh, or not, or whether they're taking a juice bottle or, or something like that that's got sugar in it. When plaque uh, it, it gets sugar to it, it produces an acid, and the acid is what causes the cavity. It, it eats through the enamel of the tooth. Now, you've got a, a, a width of enamel that's very, very hard. That's the, When you look at the mirror and you smile and you see your white the white on your teeth, that's the enamel. And it's very, very strong. But once the cavity gets a foothold and your plaque is not being removed and you're getting sugar and producing an acid, you start to eat a hole. And it may take a little time. It may not even be noticeable to you. But that's why we take x-rays because it's, it shows up in between teeth, as I mentioned earlier, more often but sometimes it's not visible to the to the naked eye unless you're using loops or something like that and you can see the decay but but it is going on and uh if that cavity progresses through the enamel which I, as i mentioned that's very hard and it's not sensitive you can't feel it once it gets into the dentin which is the primary bulk of the tooth and protects the the pulp which is the nerve beneath that it really progresses fastly not like it does in the uh, enamel which it takes so long when it hits that dentin that acid just shoots right through that and that's when you begin to think oh you eat something sweet or you drink something cold and you get this sensation well you probably got a little decay that might be if it's not root resorption or something i mean um gingival resorption down and, and exposing the root of the tooth which is also sensitive but um once it starts to progress in the dentin it 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 very aggressive so this is not something that happens overnight and but that's why you see kids you know two three four years old that have cap silver caps on their teeth because yeah. over time that's when it happens so that's why it's so important to go on and start as soon as they get the teeth so that you can start preventing that process from happening. Absolutely. And and most children's teeth, it seems that the enamel is a little bit thinner than it is um, because the tooth is smaller. Yeah. You know, and uh, when you have uh, an adult, when you get permanent teeth, rather, you know, you develop that um, thicker enamel. And uh, so it, it, it will slip up on you. But the the basic thing is don't remove the plaque. You got a problem because any sugar that comes into the diet produces acid. Acid eats the enamel, gets into the dentin, 
and flows to the nerve. And when it gets to the nerve, you're talking root canal or extraction. Which is no fun. <laughs> neither, neither one of those I, I recommend. All right, we got a couple of callers. We will go to Miles, who is in Moss Point. Good morning, Miles. Good morning. Uh, on that earlier caller, I had never heard of kids taking their toothbrush and just swirling it in, in the in the mouthwash and not using toothpaste. Um, I was I was I would think that the the fact that a, a toothpaste is a mild abrasive is the most important point. And by not having a mild abrasive, you are not doing a very good job at all of removing the plaque. Can you comment on that? Thank you. Yes, I mean, you you make a, a valid point there that it is more abrasive with the toothpaste. But nonetheless, the abrasive action of the bristles on the uh, tooth is what removes the enamel. Uh, it's, it's comforting to know that it tastes good. It motivates them to do it. Uh, it also has uh, fluoride, as I mentioned earlier, that is beneficial to uh, be absorbed into the tooth. It, even microscopically at that at that level you ingest the the fluoride that really is helpful in your water system most water systems in the state will have a a fluoridation um policy there but uh yes and and it would it would be more abrasive and but you can use baking soda which has been used for years and years and years and years. It was combined with um, uh, hydrogen peroxide, and and that was also used before toothpaste. But most of the time, it was just plain old baking soda. And 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 like you say, the the toothpaste is a little more aggressive uh, to to remove that abrasive rather, and as was uh, baking soda. But it is advanced now to toothpaste, and most everybody just accepts the toothpaste, and that's what they use. But regardless, the most important part is just the getting the brush on there to get some of that plaque removed. Yeah, so. and, and if it's and if it's a young, if it's an infant, uh, they sometimes don't even like you approaching their mouth and and messing with uh, their teeth with a toothbrush. And so you can use a little finger. They make these little finger things that you can put on, and then you can wipe the tooth with the finger, or you can just use a, a, a wash rag and do that. The main thing is to mechanically remove that from the tooth remove the plaque the abrasiveness of the toothpaste as as he mentioned is a is a good thing though not ideal but it a compromise to yeah. get it as long yeah. as you get it done as long as you get it done and the more you the more you do that and get them used to it they you know they kind of look forward to it it becomes a a, a fun time yeah. kind of like bathing the first first baths weren't weren't too good and then they get well, they like that yeah. We'll go next to Kay. Says she's in Panama City. Thanks for tuning in, Kay. What's going on? I've got a question about whitening agents and how they work differently on normal tooth enamel and veneers. Well, they work much better on normal teeth. There, a lot of uh, a lot of the components that they are using for veneers now and crowns is. Um, is a very hard um you need to get the shade that you want in your veneer or in your crown when it is done and whiten whiten your teeth you know uh your teeth will absorb the 
cleaning agents. Most of the whitening agents that are used are some form of peroxide. Uh, Originally, it was hydrogen peroxide, uh, but now it is um, a carbamide um, peroxide. But they are both peroxides, and putting them in uh, different ways that you know that 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 works, that... uh, the application of that you can put the strips on uh, like the crest strips used to be or you could have the uh, dentist make a tray and put that um, solution in there and a lot of the uh, uh, solutions that the companies were selling to the to the dentist were activated by uh, a light uh, ultraviolet light and you can get that cleaning done uh, and it just activates it more uh, quickly and more actively. So, um, but as far as the veneers go, it's uh, it's a different type of um, uh, material than than the enamel that is in human, and it is uh, not quite as porous, and it doesn't uh, doesn't respond to the bleaching as much. So, if you're getting veneers or crowns, uh, it's best to anticipate what you want ahead of time and then bleach your other teeth to get to that uh, the color so that everything matches. Great. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks yeah. for your call. How much do veneers fade? I've never really – do they – I mean, do they hold their color pretty well? They do, uh, it, providing you, you have a, a good regimen of cleaning uh, and you don't have any bad habits like uh, cigarette smoking uh, cigar smoking, uh, pipes, that kind of stuff, wine drinking. Um, the tannins in, in, in wines are very sticky. That's, that's one of the biggest uh, problems that causes discoloration of teeth, more so than coffee and tea, hmm. which surprised me. Yeah. Well, I didn't realize, I never even really thought about a veneer fading. I just would assume, you know, but I guess it makes sense that they do. Oh, I yeah. just, yeah. you know, just think once you get them, then. No. They usually always stay pretty white and fresh looking. So, providing you keep them that way, that's yeah. true, true, true. All right, we'll go next to Will, who's in Carthage. Good morning, Will. What's going on? I was wondering with the mouthwash, uh, is it good to use that mouthwash since it kills uh, beneficial bacteria as well as the bacteria you don't want that cause bad breath? And um, the enamel, I'm wondering, does the enamel? replenish itself over time like if you chip it eating something good questions good questions and as far as the bacteria you're right there are uh good bacteria and bad bacteria in the mouth uh the bad bacteria are are what we call anaerobic bacteria which grow um in the absence of oxygen and they are really underneath the gums where the tooth emerges from the bone and the and the gums cover that uh and that i spoke about that very briefly at the start if if you get that bacteria below the gums it causes recession where the gums will drop down and expose the cementum which is covering the root enamel covers the crown of the tooth the body of the tooth is the dentin but the but the root of the tooth is cementum. And when you um, when you get that cementum exposed, it's very, very sensitive. Uh, but that mouthwash addresses the bacteria, that the anaerobe bacteria that are below the gums. And as you brush your teeth with, and as you floss your teeth, you get below the gums 
uh, maybe a, a quarter of a centim- I mean, millimeter or something very, very small like that, but you introduce that in there, and then when you do that mouth rinse, all that bacteria that's disturbed is killed by that. The bad bacteria, the anaerobic bacteria is killed, but the good flora, unless you're just excessively uh, rinsing your mouth and just uh, doing it all the time, uh, it's beneficial. It's actually beneficial to kill that bacteria. As far as enamel repairing itself, no. If you chip your tooth or something like that, it's not gonna, it's not gonna repair itself. You're gonna have to go to a dentist, especially if you've got uh, edges involved, because edges are very weak, like uh, the biting edge of your upper front teeth. If they, if you chip off something there, it's uh, weaker and weaker and weaker. So you, you, your dentist can address that and make it stronger for you, or give you a make you an appliance that will protect you. A lot of time, people that are damaging enamel are doing are what we call bruxers. They grind their teeth and they grind their teeth at night, and it will it will break an enamel. Your jaw is very very strong, and it will chip and break the enamel when you grind your teeth like that. So no, it will not repair itself. A lot of these toothpaste you've seen that that, that talk about uh, you know repairing the enamel as you as you brush your teeth are more talking about the fluoride that is in there um, helping the enamel to be strong. It doesn't it doesn't repair the damage that was done to the extent that a dentist would do for you. Okay. Yeah, well, I got me an appointment to see the dentist on the 26th. I was a nectarine seed. My enamel on my teeth. Yeah, was it a front I, front tooth? Yes, yeah, sir. It's front tooth right in the front. It just it just chipped it. Yeah, yeah. He and you can you know if it's still in the enamel, you can sometimes smooth that up and just get the rough sharp edges. Uh, tended to uh, but if it's significant enough that you can see it in the mirror and people can see it you're probably going to want to let him uh do a, what we call a composite restoration which is a, a tooth colored restoration or as the okay. patient mentioned earlier that that's a uh call for um, veneers a lot of veneers are done on front teeth because they've chipped off that edge on a tangerine or corn or Ribs, <laughs> those are the those are the key yeah. ones. Yeah, those are the key ones. Yes, sir. Well, thank you. Will. All right, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah thank, you. thank you for your call. We're talking today about oral health and answering any questions that you may have. So, I wanted to talk a little bit about what are some practical things you can do if you get into a situation at home or. Or the first one we're going to talk about is getting your kid's tooth knocked out. And maybe you're at the playground or you're at the ball field with your kid or your grandchild and they knock their tooth out. Um, I feel like that happens more times than not, unfortunately. There's lots of people that are probably out there that have had this happen to their kid or grandkid. Um, and you kind of freak out. You don't really know what to do because especially if it gets completely knocked out. Um, I still think about the time when we were... Uh, you were our softball coach and she got multiple teeth knocked out (laughs) the 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 girl on the other team was sliding into home and got multiple teeth knocked out Um, so thankfully you were the coach and the dentist was there and we were able to do it we knew what to do but um, if that would have been my child that had 
two or three teeth knocked out, I wouldn't know what to do. So what are some practical things that you can do um, if you're out on the ball field or the playground or even at home and your child gets their tooth knocked out? You know, being at home would be a big advantage as opposed to what we experienced. Mm-hmm. And what she referred to, I'll just share with you because it was the, it's the worst I've seen. I mean, I've seen football players have – teeth knocked out and but this was a this was a little girl that was like in middle school uh, maybe not even middle school maybe 12 13 years old and she was in braces and thank the lord she was in braces uh, but she was coming around third base coming into home and the right fielder threw the ball to the to the catcher and it was not a good throw and it hit the catcher had taken her mask off and hit hit her in the mouth squarely and knocked out her four front teeth completely and uh, her braces had absorbed some of the shock but it was a terrible terrible blow and anything that happens in in the mouth like this the mouth is very vascular man it's got a lot of blood supply so when you have an uh, accident happen to the face to the mouth like that it bleeds severely and it's a lot of times it's 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 a lot it looks worse than it is but this one was particularly bad it was bad very very bad and the compounding factor for that was we were playing on a on a softball field that had about three to four inches of dust because it had been all dry summer and they weren't watering the fields and it was tremendously bad and when I first saw the little girl's mouth there were one tooth that was absolutely just hanging by the uh, orthodontic wire and three others had been completely knocked out and everybody came on the field and we were I was trying to stem the the blood and the little girl once she saw the blood that was when she reacted but up up until then she was okay but when she saw the blood it was like uh and we searched and searched for those teeth in the dust and we didn't come up with teeth so that was an environment where it was very difficult and then what could you do you could do nothing you know you could absolutely at home if something like that happens at home what you need to do uh, if it's not completely, when the tooth is knocked out, that's, uh, that's what we call an avulsion, completely knocked out. But a lot of times these blows, they, they simply uh, displace the teeth. Usually, like if they're falling down and they hit those front teeth, it knocks them back into the palate, on, onto the roof of the mouth. And it's painful, and it might be a little bloody, but if you can, you just take your thumb on the uh, inside of the mouth and the, your forefinger on the outside and just try and push it back out and get it back into alignment. That's the first thing that, that you need to do. Go ahead and get that back into place and into alignment as much, much as you can and kind of push on that between those two fingers because your bone on, on the tooth is is uh, on your jaw is probably pressed out a little bit where the force pushed the root so just replace it as best you can and then have them hold their teeth together and keep that those two arches in relation to one another as best you can now if you had a complete avulsion you want to be careful as you uh, pick up the tooth and don't spend too much time holding the root hold it by the crown because as i spoke earlier this cementum is what attaches the tooth to the jaw bone 
that's the layer of the tooth that attaches and um so what you want to do is hold it by the crown and maybe gently rinse it under some water uh and if you can put it in some milk that's wonderful but if you're at a ballpark and something like that happens most people don't have milk around and you know so i mean if you can just put maybe put it in a a, a little uh bed of ice you know and just keep it clean and keep it and get to the dentist as quickly as you can now keeping it moist aren't you supposed keep, to make sure keep it moist, it just stays yeah, moist. Yeah, if you got like a um uh, paper towel or something and you have it wet with some ice and and hold it in there that'll probably get you to the dentist office but more you know if you all get there within 15 30 minutes something like that then your probability of that tooth going down is extremely high you know for it to to be viable and it to live now you can take the tooth rinse it off and push it right back in to make sure you got the right side out in the inside on the inside and the outside on the outside but you you can see that's that's pretty easily seen and you can push it back up in there just push it on back and look. Doesn't take a whole lot of force because it's a it's an empty hole and it'll go right up in there. And if you can get that back in a place, great. But what's happening is when the tooth is avulsed and completely knocked out of the mouth, the nerve supply and the blood supply come into that from the very tip of the root that's up in the jawbone. And once that is severed, that tooth is without the uh, capability to continue living if you get it back together and you're lucky enough uh it might and i mean that you know it might and it might not survive uh in which case you're going to have to look at replacing the tooth um you know you can sometimes just leave the tooth in there and it reattaches and it gets hard and firm and everything is wonderful and other times it'll it'll reattach and get firm and then it'll turn a, 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 yeah it'll it'll look pink and then it'll go black and and it'll die and you can uh do a root canal on the tooth and you can try and bleach the tooth and you can do all kinds of things uh but the, you have damaged that tooth severely at that point and you know long-term prognosis for that is not great so you need to start looking at things to replace that poor little girl uh ended up having to have some kind of a a removable appliance put into her mouth because she wasn't even through the braces and it essentially it it looked like she was in braces with a with a face bow on that thing so so all that being said, mm-hmm. time is of the essence. Time is of the essence. <laughs> Fifteen minutes is kind of like they do. What what was what it with strokes? The golden hour. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like that. It's like fifteen minutes, thirty minutes. If you can get there and you can preserve the tooth best you can, you know, then get there. But it's some a lot of times it's not completely knocked out. It's just knocked in. Uh, believe it or not, God knew what He was doing when. When he made us, uh, um, most of the times toddlers fall a lot. They fall a lot and they hit those front teeth. But uh, uh, the maxilla, the upper jaw, uh, the one that usually hits first, is very pliable and very soft. And you can usually push those teeth right back out and get them in alignment and deal with the crown and all that. But, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I remember uh, naively asking you one time about a kid that, not a, a baby kid, I don't remember how old they were, but it was a young toddler. Somebody knocked their tooth and it ended up dying because they hit it. And, you know, so they had the discoloration of that kind of bluish black looking tooth. And I was like, why don't you just pull it? Um, and you were like, no, 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 no. You still have to leave it in. Um, and that is because you said you want to make sure you keep the proper alignment in there. So explain that a little bit, too, because I feel like it happens all the time. Kids fall. I mean, my daughter's only 10 months old and has already knocked her, scared me to death, ended up calling you because I was like, take a look at it, make sure it looks fine, mm-hmm. uh, because she was you know, cruising around the coffee table and nailed her mouth on it. So... It happens all the time, um, and so there's lots of kids that we'll see in the in the office that have like a blue bluish black tooth, yeah. but you don't want to pull those. Explain that to us. Well, and and sometimes you don't have a choice. Sometimes well, you just yeah. you just have to. If, I mean, if it comes with a huge abscess, uh, that's just a terrible terrible thing to do to the child uh, psychologically to to have to pull that tooth. But sometimes for the, for the health of that child, you have to do that, you know. It, and and it depends on the age of the tooth and whether it's a primary tooth or a permanent tooth, you know. That all f- figures into it as well. Um, but uh, a lot of times, I hear what you just said. Well, it's just a baby tooth. Go on and pull it. Well, dentistry and 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 orth- orthodontics, a uh, uh, special arm of dentistry, is getting those teeth aligned properly, and it's all about space. And um, believe it or not, you know, it, it is it's amazing to, to see how God allowed different teeth to, to occupy spaces and uh, use that as, as you transition from baby teeth to permanent teeth. And therefore, if you lose a baby teeth, a per, uh, an important baby tooth, uh, before it's time and, a, and a, the teeth tilt in to one another to close that space, then you have blocked the permanent tooth that is below there from coming in. So rather than... Uh, the one tooth getting in to get that in you've got to get those other two teeth out of the way as well to let it come in so yeah it's uh, dentistry and and aesthetics and dentistry is all about space whether there's enough space for these teeth to come in that's why you see so many of these kids when they go to the orthodontist uh, they'll come back to the general dentist and say he says you've got to get uh, these upper bicuspids are usually the ones but a lot of times it's upper bicuspids and lower bicuspids you have to pull four teeth because there's just not enough space for everything to come in Mm -hmm. and then when you get those in at some point they're going to send you to the oral surgeon to get the wisdom teeth out because they are coming in and making a forward force that is going to cause the teeth to to get crooked so yeah it's, it's important to know what tooth is and know the age of the child that they may be close to losing that tooth anyway and if they are it's no big deal yeah but if they're still young two and three want to try to keep it in if you can absolutely you do and you may to do that may like you say when you see a black or bluish tooth they'll go and do what we call a pulpotomy which is on a baby a root canal on a baby tooth where you go in and take that diseased dead tissue out of the tooth and retain the tooth and 
retain the space. Just to keep the space. Yeah. Um, we will go to Bob, who is in Gulfport. He has a question about pulling teeth. Good morning, Bob. Hi. Good morning. Thanks for being available. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I had a uh, crown on a wisdom tooth that broke off, and it broke off flat, clean, uh, with the gum line. Oh. And, and I, I'd like to just, it'd be great if I could just cement the crown back on or have it done. I mean, is that possible? Uh, the dentist that I went to, uh, said, no, it's not. And he said, uh, the remainder of the tooth, the roots, I guess, has to be pulled. Is that true? Well, let me ask you this, Bob. Uh, was there a root canal on that tooth prior to the crown? Uh, that, that, uh, yeah. Great, great question. I don't recall. Uh, <laughs> it, it's a long time ago. Well, there was one of the roots. An oral surgeon went in and took out one of the three roots. So there's only two roots left. I, I don't know if there's a root canal on the other two roots or not. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, going to, uh, I'm going to side with your dentist. I think he's making a uh, very valid um, prognosis for the long-term life of that tooth um it there's nothing that you can do cement wise adhesion wise to make that crown fit right back on that flat surface that down to the gums there's no way that's going to undergo the forces of your jaw as i mentioned earlier when you bite down the amount of force that you put there is phenomenal it's one of the strongest muscles in the body and 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 those teeth are made to take that but once it's broken like that and it's flat like that that you can't just glue it back on there what you would have to do those nerves, those roots that are left in there have canals that go down the center of them. That's where the nerve is. And you would have to take the, the, the nerves out of those teeth, and then you would have to put some type of anchor in inside that canal that goes down, more like a, we call them a post. We put some kind of anchor post that is anchored down in that canal and with a back tooth like that you would need two or three of those and then you would have to fabricate a core and have a crown fitted to go on that core so you're talking good bit of money a lot of time and not a good prognosis long term for that tooth because um, like I say the biting forces even with the, if you bit and cause one of those posts to fracture the root, then all the money and all the time that you've spent is wasted. And I really think his his diagnosis is is the right one. That's going to be one that usually, if it's a wisdom tooth, you can afford to do without it. And I think that would probably be the way to go. Go to an oral surgeon and have that extracted before you get to a situation where it becomes uh, painful. Now, it may not bother you forever. I mean, I, I'm, I'm here to tell you I had a tooth pulled last week that um, was very much uh, very similar to the situation you had, but I, I had what we call sclerose dentin. It wasn't decaying. It wasn't sensitive. It never bothered me. And I just said, leave it alone, leave it alone. Well, last week, 
it was time to to come get it. So I mean, it, it's you know, it's when it's like that, it's um, it's it's going to happen at some point in time. And I really think long term for your pocketbook and for the, um, the the stuff that you would have to go through to get there, it, it wouldn't be worth it. So hopefully that was helpful, Bob. I hope that made sense, Bob. Yeah, get the remainder pulled. Yes, think? go ahead and get those roots out and don't give them a chance to uh, cause a problem. I see. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Yeah, thank you for your call. This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. We have been talking today about teeth and oral health, and we have had some great callers, so we appreciate that. We had a caller um, who didn't want to be on air but wanted to know what are some good mouthwashes that you would recommend. Well, as far as mouthwashes go, there's a there's a multitude of them out there, uh, and they, you can get them for the uh, from the adult side to to the children's side. You know, a little little stronger. Um, uh, you got to be careful with with a lot of these mouthwashes. Uh, they have uh, some alcohol in the uh, in the ones that most of the adults are using. I mean, Scope has a has alcohol in it, and as does some of the some of the others. And people may not be aware of that, and it's not a problem if you're not ingesting it. You know, as long as you're just using it as a mouthwash, that's fine. But um, <clears throat> whether it's scope, whether it's uh, act fluoride rinse, whether it's uh, Listerine, they're they're all really good. And as I spoke about earlier, they are beneficial to kill the anaerobic bacteria that that causes uh, gum disease, which is gingivitis. Your gums, the medical term for gums is gingiva. And itis means inflammation. So if you have gingivitis, you have an inflammation of your gums. You're a little red. You might find some bleeding if you're brushing your teeth or if you're flossing your teeth and you get a little bit of bleeding. That, that just a little light bulb that goes off that this is an area that i'm not cleaning good enough and bacteria is getting a hold and i really need to work on this and you can implement some of these rinses to use one of the the best and i think you can only get by prescription is chlorhexidine um and there's a, i think a perio guard was the was the name of the um gen- generic name they were selling it so uh, i mean it's um it is it is helpful um, as we discussed earlier, and, and people who uh, experience somebody telling them that they've got bad breath or they feel like they've got it, you know, that that would, would go a long way toward after brushing to, to rinse with that and kill some of that stuff. Uh, we've got a caller, so we'll go to John, who's in Mobile. Good morning, John. What's going on? Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. Uh, I'd, I'd like to ask your uh, guest why a uh, why my dentist will not fill an obvious cavity. Um, uh, several years ago, I went to a new dentist, and I'm pretty well satisfied uh, with him. He uh, managed to um, uh, put a, ca- a crown on an upper molar, and everything is good there. But on our very first visit, he noted that there was a pit on the top surface of my low, one lower left molar, and I asked him if he was going to uh, fill it, and he said, no, we'll watch that uh, a while. I thought that was curious. Um, and in every checkup since, uh, he has not filled this thing, and it's, it's not a gross uh, 
problem. It's it's like a a pinhead on the surface of the, uh, on the crown of the molar, and it collects debris, you know, and it's black. And I'm tempted to go in there with a you know a pin and clean it out, but I I, I leave it alone. What's he doing? Well, John, you know that is a that's a really good question that you're asking there, and, and I've heard that so many times. Uh, when I was in dental school, one of the professors that was teaching us talked about uh, what, what your mood of the day was when you were checking teeth. Do you do you feel more malignant or do you feel more benign? And meaning, do, do you? want to get aggressive with this little bitty cavity or do you want to just watch it and leave it alone and dentists use that term we're going to watch that um, I was speaking earlier, and I don't know if you heard about it, but we were talking about the uh, the anatomy of a tooth and the enamel is the one that's got the pit in it it's got it's the outside part of the tooth that you see and you can see that little pit in there that's that has probably a wear facet. I, I imagine that either came from you grinding your teeth, uh, usually on a back on a back tooth on the surface of the tooth. That's where you get that. But um, at that thickness of enamel, which is like two and a half centimeters on on the top of the tooth, uh, excuse me, two and a half millimeters on the top of the tooth that's pretty thick and as i mentioned the enamel is very very hard and the trouble becomes when the enamel is perforated into the dentin which is the soft part of the tooth and and right away you're going to say oh you know i every time i eat something sweet that that tooth bothers me that's because it's gotten through there well it's covered in your case that pit has still got a layer of a protective layer of uh, enamel that is beneficial to you. Now, bottom line is, if you're to the point where you want it to to get that thing out, it's very easily done, probably won't even take any numbing at all, and he can go in there and he can modify that pit and cover that pit with a a restorative resin, and um, you won't have that problem anymore. It'll be smooth. Okay. Thank you, Ben. Absolutely. Thank you, John, for calling. And thank you for coming on with us today. Um, And thank you for all our callers. We've had some great calls, and I appreciate everybody calling. Thanks, Jay, for being our producer today and for Charles answering our phone calls. Uh, This has been Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. Join us next Thursday at 11 on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.